The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Get ready to talk some baseball. Welcome to the King's Corner, talking baseball with Jim Layritz. From spring training to the World Series and beyond to the postseason, Jim and his guests tell it like it is and have all of the bases covered. Now, here's Jim Layritz. And welcome, everyone. Once again, the King's Corner coming to you a week from last Thursday. And, of course, Lots of things happening in baseball this week and a lot of things going on. The first thing I'd like to do also before we start the show is just take a quick moment and make sure everyone out there says some prayers. Uh, Since we last had our show, uh, two people that are very good friends of mine that I've had some acquaintances with over the years, Moose Scourin from the Yankees, uh, passed away earlier this week. And of course, yesterday, the unfortunate incidents that happened with Junior Seau here in San Diego. I just like to take everybody just a moment just to be able to say their prayers and make sure that their families are in your thoughts and in your, in, in your prayers. Uh, and we can uh, hope that everybody recovers from some of these devastating, uh, the news that just happened this past week. But on a brighter note, we'll start with what happened with baseball. And of course, yesterday, uh, what a day. What a day for baseball. You know, both day and night. Uh, the day started off with the announcement by the Los Angeles Dodgers that they are now owned by the Guggenheim Guggenheim Group and, of course, Magic Johnson. And, of course, Magic Johnson receiving his new Los Angeles Dodgers jersey, Uh, something that uh, I'm sure that he uh, really appreciated. And it seemed like he was really sincere about uh, you know, he actually broke down a little bit when he was talking about taking over the ownership. And, of course, all of Southern California radio yesterday, that's all that people could talk about was the, the new ownership and how that was going to take place and everything else. So, But let's get to the action that happened on the field. Once again, another great day. Uh, unfortunately, though, I will start off by saying the Dodgers, who had all that excitement, unfortunately took a loss to Colorado 8-5. to the Cubs defeated the Reds 3-1. to Padres defeated the Brewers 5-0. The Astros were over the Mets 8-1. to The St. Louis Cardinals destroyed the Pirates and A.J. Burnett 12-3. to But then this is when the excitement kind of began. The Atlanta Braves and the Philadelphia Phillies battled back and forth. And, you know, if you watch this game, you would have never expected a game by Doc Holliday, uh, who started with a 6-0 lead almost to the fifth inning. Uh, to go, ended up going 11 innings. Uh, and, of course, Chipper Jones, the old man, comes through with the walk-off home run in the 11th. Uh, you know, and you watch the interview with Chipper. It's kind of fun to see a guy 40 years old who's played the game as long as he has come out and say, 
this is something I wish everyone could experience. So is, this game was such a great game to play. The leads went back and forth many times. And for him to hit the walk-off home run, of course, to give the Braves a 15-13 to win in 11 innings. Uh, to round out the league action that night, the Florida Marlins, in 10 innings, beat uh, the San Francisco Giants 3-2 to on Mike Stanton's 10th inning home run. So, But switching to the American League, Jake Arrieta, I always pronounce this guy's name wrong, Arrieta shuts out the Yankees 5-0. Tampa Bay beats Seattle 5-4 as James Shields becomes the first five-game winner in the AL. The A's over the Red Sox, 4-2. It was the Blue Jays over the Rangers, 11-5. The Royals beat the Tigers, 3-2. The Cleveland Indians over the Chicago White Sox, 6-3. And to round out the action, well, you know, we kind of talk about it out here in Southern California. You know, there's a bit little battle going on between the Dodgers and the, and the Angels, kind of like the Yankees and the Mets do for the news in the newspaper, and of course, I mentioned that the Dodgers had such a great day with the new ownership taking over. It was the talk of all of L.A. radio. And then at 7 o'clock Pacific time, Jared Weaver takes the mound for the Los Angeles Angels and goes on to pitch the first no-hitter in Angel Stadium in 22 years. Yes, stealing some of that thunder back from the Dodger day, of course, uh, Jared Weaver goes out and pitches such a great game as the Angels win 9 nothing over the Minnesota Twins. And like I said, you know, not to be outdone by the Dodgers, the Angels kind of pick up for, for the, the slack. Of course, three games in a row now they've won against uh, Minnesota. And one of the guys who I was a former teammate, who I played with for a short time in 1997 and had an injury that cut his season short that year, is now the voice of the Los Angeles Angels, along with Victor Rojas, is going to join me right now and talk a little bit about that experience last night and what it was. Is Mark Gubazov. Mark Gooby, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Jimmy, what's going on, man? It's good to be on here with you. I'm doing good, man. Listen, it's great to have been seeing you out there lately. And, you know, we, we talked about this a couple of days ago, and I, I can't believe the fortunate timing that I had to have you come on the show today. Tell us a little bit about last night, and of course, Jared Weaver's no hitter. Well, I mean, uh, it was it's, it basically almost goes back just the other day when he pitched in Cleveland after the game. Uh, he went six innings, was a battle. I think he threw about 115 pitches in six innings, which is an awful lot for for uh, for Jared because you know they were found also pitching. He actually walked a couple guys in that game, which was something he had done a whole lot of the entire season. Didn't have real good fastball command in that game, but. Still, you look up, zero runs allowed, which tells you what kind of a pitcher uh, that Weave is. But then last night you watched it, he had great fastball command. And he's not going to wow you with a 98-mile-an-hour fastball that you're going to see out of Verlander or, you know, unbelievable movement at 93, 94 from Doc Holliday. So you had some of the best pitchers in the game on the hill last night, and the guy that I think the pitches, and I emphasize the word pitches, the best of them all was Jerry Weaver, and he just had an outstanding curveball, probably his best curveball he's had all year. His changeup, he commanded his fastball, even though at times you look at his 87, 89, maybe a 91-mile-an-hour fastball, but he spotted the ball so well. And, boy, Minnesota, the hitters were, were looking, seemed to be looking for off-speed, and every time they did, they get a fastball. And every time they look for a fastball, they get a 72-mile-an-hour curveball or a 78-mile-an-hour changeup. He just did a fantastic job of never throwing a ball at the middle part of the plate. 
Now, Gooby, you've been doing you've been doing the radio and the TV for these guys for a few years now. You know, a lot of people I talked to. I had a couple of buddies that went to the game that called me this morning. And they said, "Jimmy, this this was the first time in this stadium has been rocking like that since the 2002 World Series." Tell me a little bit about what the stadium was like and the excitement that was going on there. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know this, Jimmy. You play there with the Angels and you play there with the Dodgers. At times, you know, it's more of an event there at the stadiums rather than a passion that you'll see sometimes when you go to a baseball game back east. But uh, I'll tell you what, that, that feeling in that stadium last night, not one person left, and everybody from basically it seemed to be every out that was made from the seventh inning on, they, they were envisioning something special and something as a fan to be able to be there and see a no-hitter. I mean, the last time the no-hitter was there in Angel State, it was a combined no-hitter, I think, with Chuck Finley and Mark Langston. So it was, or, or Mike Witt was involved in that, I think. But uh, the reality is you're getting to see something special. I mean, the offense was outstanding. They almost had a back-to-back games in which a guy hit for the cycle. It didn't go that way last night for Morales or Howie Kendrick the night before. But uh, everyone was settling in, and, and this is their hometown boy. Jerry Weaver from Simi Valley. You know, just, uh, just the guy that, Everyone just loves down there. The guy that took, you know, the home discount contract. Did he went on his own to be able to sign this five-year deal last year? Even though his agent Scott Boris is a guy that he likes to to explore the possibilities of being a free agent, but he decided to stay. He wanted to be an angel for his whole career, and and to do that, and, and to see this the, the emotions of not only the fans but his family, and to see what Jared how he reacted after the game was something that uh, I think anybody who's at that game or even watched that game. It's something they'll, they'll treasure for the rest of their lives. Yeah, I thought that was pretty special for him to be able to look up in the stands and, of course, enjoy that moment afterwards with his family there. And like you said, this is a guy that had that took the discount that is here and is considered, I think, the anchor of that staff. And, uh, Gooby, tell me a little bit about, you know, when, before the Angels came home on this homestand, all the talk was, you know, 6-14 and 14 and, you know, this team is – it's got all this money spent to it. And, and, you know, we always talk about, you know, you and I know as players, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. But tell me a little bit of how important it was for this team to get off to this kind of a homestand uh, to, c- compared to where they were before. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, when you think about it, uh, King, this, this team, on paper, everyone was like saying, okay, they're going to the World Series. And, and it, 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 like you said, if you watch enough baseball or play the game, you know – in, in this sport, uh, more so than any other sport, there's no guarantee. I mean, a, a key guy can get off to a slow start, but like we've seen with Albert Pujols, or somebody gets hurt, or one of the the key components of the team isn't doing what they, they'd hoped for. That would be, for me, is their bullpen coming into the season. I thought that might be the one issue where there, there could be a, a problem. And they've blown five leads already, and their record could be completely changed around. Not that it would be great, but it would be better. And their offense, at times... Certain guys have been hitting the ball well. A lot of other guys have not hit the ball well. I mean, Torrey Hunter's red hot right now. Howie Kendrick's hot right now. Kendrick Morales is hitting the ball well at this point. But their key guy in, in Albert Pulse is not, you know, hit the ball. I mean, you, you can't sugarcoat it. He's swinging at pitches I have never seen him swing at before. But hey, he's a human being. He, he's pressing. He wants to. He wants to go out and perform. Put up the numbers where everywhere is accustomed to seeing. And, and the fans when they came out when he signed back in, in December that. That gathering in a news conference was unbelievable. There were so many people there, and it was like Santa Claus had just come to town. So uh, I, I think he's, he realizes the magnitude he has on this organization, and he, and he wants to do great. But the reality is he's just got to relax, and he hit the ball well, extremely well, five times last night. I only had one hit to show for it, but you know as a hitter, 
once you start centering the ball and hitting the ball the other way, that generally leads to a, to a good streak, and that's what I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing out of Albert. Yeah, I think you're right. I think one of the biggest things, too, is most people don't look at the numbers and they don't look at what's going on actually in front of him. And, of course, you know, he's not getting up that much with men, and, men on base. For a while there, I think Sosha's used so many different lineups that there's not anybody really hitting behind him either that, you know, the other teams are afraid of. And, you know, you look at this, the start that Abar got off to and, and Wells and, of course, uh, uh, Burgess, you know, in, in center field. There really hasn't been much opportunity for Albert to be able to, to be selective. And I think he's starting to chase a little more pitches that he normally wouldn't swing at because he's pressing a little bit. Yeah, but. I mean, you're, you're right about that, Jimmy. He, he was at 15 at-bats with runners in scoring position prior to just two nights ago. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable when you think about it. So he's trying to drive himself in instead of driving somebody else in from scoring position, which makes it more difficult. It means you're trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark or not even – hitting a gapper. So instead of just, you know, focusing on hitting a line drive back up the middle or to right center field, he's trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark. And, and, and home run hitters can't go up there and think, I'm going to hit the ball out of the ballpark. I mean, he's a guy that he's just so, so unique. Majority of home run hitters are guys that swing and miss, hit about 270, 280. And here's a 320 guy every single year with home run power. So he's not what you would call a prototypical home run guy, but he hits a lot of home runs. He's consistent because he doesn't come out of his element. He doesn't swing at bad pitches. But early on here, he swung at a lot of pitches that I was surprised to see because I watched him in a number of games in spring training. Now, spring training is different. The ball flies in Arizona, and the ground is hard, so everything hit on the ground gets through the hole, too. But every single swing he had, he centered the baseball. And then, you know, the, the rest of the guys in the lineup just relaxed. And just talking to Torrey Hunter uh, maybe about three, four days ago, he said, hey, once Albert starts to hit, everybody else in this lineup will relax because this guy's trying to do too much. I mean, he's, you know... Torrey Hunter is a gap hitter. He'll hit home runs, but he's a gap hitter. He was trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark because they needed some compensation for Albert not driving in runs. You know, Vernon Wells swinging the pitches out of the strike zone. Mark Trumbo has been doing a solid job when he gets consistent playing time. He hits the ball as hard as anybody. So if you look at the lineup one through nine, it has potential to do what it did in spring training, but it's all been keyed around Albert Pujols and what he does, not only at the plate, but the guys relax after they see him have a good at bat, and, of course, they get to talk to him in the dugout in between his at-bats. Yeah, tell me a little bit, Gooby. You know, one of the things I've been hearing a lot of people talk about is the, the number of lineups that Mike Sosha has had. And, you know, right now they're kind of – it's a feeling-out situation uh, of, of who he can use. He has used the same lineup almost, you know, you know Trout side out last night, but uh, with, with Morales hitting behind pools. Do you think this is something he's going to stay with? And, I mean, honestly, I look at it and I'm hoping he does because – I think that's the guy you have to have behind Albert. Yeah, I mean, he's a great hitter. I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, before he hurt his ankle, you can make an argument he was in the top three in all of baseball, not just the American League as far as first basemen. And that's generally where the best hitters are playing is the first base. So he's a, he's a switch hitter with, with, with real good power, good contact hitter, uh, the perfect complement behind Albert, especially when there's a right-handed pitcher. we got four of them coming up in a series against Toronto, so he'll be in there. But for me, even if it's a left-hander, I've got to have Morales behind him. I think that way you could put, you know, you put Torrey Hunter behind him, so that gives protection for Morales. And Mark Trumbo splits up whether you put Vernon Wells in left field or if you want to go with the dynamic speed of Mike Trott in left and Peter Borges in center where you're going to catch everything plus give unbelievable energy to the lineup itself. You have options. Uh, Chris Iannette has been solid behind the plate. He's got good power. And, uh, you know, Eric Ibar is one of the premier shortstops. He's a gold glove winner last year. And Howie Kendrick is, is an all-star. So there's, 
there's tons of potential there. I think if Mike Sosa could settle in with Trumbo, take take your chances there for a while, let him get acclimated to that position. He made a couple nice plays yesterday. Had to commit on a slow roller with Casilla, the player who has good wheels. He threw him out. Let him develop there, and then all of a sudden you have continuity in your lineup. And a lot of the guys were kind of upset about it. I mean, to be quite honest with you, Jimmy. I mean, you know how it is. If you're in there one day, next day you're not. One day you're playing the position, the next day you're playing a different position. It's difficult to, you know, get your routines going. And I think these guys would love to have their routine set and have a lineup where, I mean, you're going to always switch around with a catcher. That's going to be two days a week off at least with your catcher position. So you're always going to have a little bit of a different lineup each week. But the majority of days you like to have that same lineup. Yeah, I think you're right. If he, I think if he's, he's got to make a commitment to Trumbo and say, listen, you've got the next 50 games at third base no matter what you do in the field. You know, I remember talking to to Trumbo uh, opening day, and you know he knows he knows that I would play a few different positions and things like that. And and uh, Tim Mead was talking to him. And he said he said to me, he said, "Jimmy, you got any advice for me?" And I said, "Listen, just drive in more than you give up. That's what that's what they always told me." So that's exactly right. I mean, when you think about, it, I mean, you you've seen him hit. I mean, this guy hits the ball. It's almost like he's hitting a one iron off a tee playing golf. I mean, he hits the ball that hard. He's 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 a a really big guy at the plate, so he's got the intimidation factor going. He's learned a lot watching Albert Pujols as far as his approach with two strikes and going the other way and not and shortening up his swing and not trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark at those times. So he, I mean, he's developing into a, a one one heck of a hitter. So I, I think you take your chances that that he'll develop to be adequate enough. There's certain days with C.J. Wilson on the hill, maybe you don't play him at third base because he's going to get a lot of action at third. Right. But for me, I mean, even that, even if that's the case. I mean, how many ground balls are hit to third? Maybe four or five, and that would be a lot during the course of a game. If you, if you make most of those plays, I mean, look at Miguel Cabrera with the Tigers. I mean, similar type of guy, but he's going to drive in a heck of a lot more runs than he is going to give up. So I take my chances on guys that could drive in runs. Exactly. I think the biggest thing, too, for him is here's a guy that, as a young kid, came up as a rookie. He played every day. To put him back into a position where he's not in there every day, he's got the type of swing that he needs for timing-wise to be there, be there on a pretty consistent basis. So I think if, if, if Sosha does go with this, I think it's just going to benefit the entire lineup. Yeah, so. I mean, and if you get the chance to talk to him even more frequently, Jimmy, I mean, you'll see that he's a tough kid. He's quiet, but he's a tough kid. I mean, he's a guy that's going to battle you. If you throw up and in, he's going to give you a glare, and he's going to try to hit a ball 550 feet against you. So, or hit <laughs> the ball right back up the middle. It, no one really knows that about him but until you talk to him and you can see his reactions on certain things. He's one of those guys with a little bit of an edge, which I think anytime you can have that on your team, it, it, it benefits everybody just to watch him play. Right. Hey, Gooby, listen, we've got to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and talk about the pitching, and I'll, I'll let you go. So let's, uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, Jimmy. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Jim Lahrens is a two-time World Series champion, motivational speaker, and author of Catching Heat, a brutally honest book about the highs and lows of a professional athlete and life after baseball. Most people know Jim as a man who has always beaten the odds. Jim has never forgotten that with hard work, dedication, and God's power, one can overcome anything. Visit JimLayritz.com to get a copy of Jim's book or to schedule Jim for your next corporate fundraiser or event. The address again is JimLayritz.com. 
Fantasy sports is where the action really is. Over 40 million people play fantasy sports, but rarely do they get to quiz the experts. Fantasy Insights is the name and the game. Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're inside the king's corner talking baseball with jim layritz it's time to hear from you Call in to our live show at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also send an email to info at gemlayritz.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And, of course, we are talking Los Angeles Angels baseball. With my buddy and former teammate, two-time All-Star, and of course World Series champion in 1985 with the Kansas City Royals, now the voice of the Angels on Fox Sports, Gooby, we've been talking about the offense a lot. Let's switch our, our gears to something that you really know, and let's talk about the pitching. And uh, Let's just first start off, of course, we, we talked about the no-hitter last night. Let's stop at the other guys on the staff. C.J. Wilson, uh, what have you? What, what are your take on him so far from what you've seen this year? Well, I mean, you know, watching him and, and watching the Angels compete against him over the years when he was with Texas, I always knew he was a great competitor. But uh, I'll tell you what, guy that works relentlessly at, at his craft. I mean, he's a guy that thinks his way through an inning. Good fastball, not your prototypical lefty that's going to flip up a 85-mile-an-hour fastball. He's got a good, good, good game plan with the fastball, throws it, you know, low to mid-90s in his Changeup, which he worked on a really lot in spring training, has been a big pitch for him. His cut fastball and 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 also his breaking pitch. But I think he learned a lot watching Cliff Lee pitch when they were together in in Texas. And I think we've seen that with the Angels too. Just committed to you know getting people out on the outside corner, but keeping a minus by being able to throw his cut fastball inside very effectively. And he's a ground ball machine. He's done a great job as far as getting the, keeping the ball down and and given the Angels a, a ton of opportunities to win the games in which he starts. And when you look over the last eight starts that the Angels starters have made, it's been fantastic. And it started with C.J.'s start down in Tampa. I think he struck out 11 guys. They threw the ball extremely well. They didn't win that game. They gave up the lead there. But uh, he certainly, uh, you know, he's on the right track. Uh, everybody, even Jerome Williams, which kind of gets overshadowed by Jerry Weaver's no-hitter last night, threw a three-hit shutout the day before his first shutout since 2003 when he was pitching with the San Francisco Giants. So, I mean, they have the rotation. Irvin Santana, you look at his record and go, wow, he's been, he's been bad. And then there's no doubt. I mean, he doesn't want to be 0-5 and in his ERA where, where it is right now. But he's thrown the ball better. He's been victimized by the home run ball. There's, there's no doubt about that. And I think his adjustments he made from you know, his prior starts to his last start out where he got away from throwing a lot of backdoor sliders, which he doesn't need when you have a slider like that, and committing to the fastball off the plate to keep hitters honest. I mean, he, he threw the ball well, and he's going he's gonna to put up his numbers. And then, of course, Dan Heron, 
you know, he's one of the most consistent starters you're going to see, averaging about 220 innings every single year, you know, 13, 14 wins at minimum. And, and the guy, if he ever gets any run support at all, is a 20-game winner. But it seems to be he's always running into those things where he's just pitching the old thing. He's pitching on the wrong day against a guy not giving up runs on the other side. But great split-finger fastball, his cut fastball, and his commitment to pitching deep in the game is, is fantastic to watch. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. I think you know you look at this pitching staff, the starting staff, of course, and you go, you know, there's not going to be a long drought. There may be some losing streaks. There may be some things, but between the the five guys they have in that rotation, uh, a, a ten game losing streak is not anywhere on the horizon. I don't think. No, so, it's definitely not. But you also could see because of the starting staff, a ten game winning streak is always a, a, a possibility because they they pitch so well. And, and during this eight game stretch of which their team ERA, I mean, for the starters. Is a little, little bit less than one and a half runs per game. Yet I think they're only like four and four during these eight games, which is amazing when you consider how well they've pitched. But uh, anytime you have a chance to win, like I said, once some of the guys in the lineup start hitting the ball, which they're capable of doing, they'll uh, they'll compensate from these great starts these guys are having. And I, I don't see them not continuing it because they're they're gotten they've gotten better, they've gotten more consistent. They got rid of their tired arm they had, you know, which we hear a lot of the dead arm period out of spring training so they've all been throwing the ball well going deep in the ball games averaging well over seven innings a start when you do that you minimize the amount of outs you had to get out of your bullpen exactly all right now tell me about that bullpen tell me what's going on there and tell me what you think as far as you know the whole situation with you know changing closers and and things like that how do you think how do you see that working out yeah like like we we talked about in the beginning here jimmy i I think that's the one area that that I, i think they tried to, you know, improve during the offseason. They did so by getting the Troy Hawkins, a proven guy that could step into that closer role at times. Great power fastball still, even though he's been around forever. Jason Isringhausen, who's had 300 career saves down there. He hasn't been as consistent getting ahead of the count, but he's done a, a good enough job. But Jordan Walden was supposed to be their closer, uh, throwing, you know, 96 to 99, but falling behind in the count and not able to finish off with his slider because I think it's a lack of trust. In a in a slider, you, you can't throw nothing but a fastball unless you Rivera Mariana Rivera for the Yankees because he throws that good cut fastball and never leaves anything in the middle of the plate and he's always ahead of the count. Now, if you're throwing 96 to 99 and you're behind 1021, hitters are going to crush that ball. And I think that's what's been an issue for him. And Scott Downs has done a great job as far as coming in and filling that that gap right now for the time being as a closer. I mean, the only thing you worry about with with Scott Downs is the fact is, not a ton of experience. He's been around the big leagues for a long time, but in the closer role, and he's not a prototypical strikeout pitcher. So he's going to be a pitch-to-contact closer. And when you have guys like that, and I had one in, in Kansas City in the late Dan Quisenberry that got a lot of ground balls. Now, if your defense isn't making the plays or they're going through the holes and you're giving up base hits, you don't have that, that one pitch you can go to for a strikeout. So I think that's what makes it a little bit more difficult for him to, you know, to be able to say that he's going to be your closer all year round. He definitely has the guts to do that role, but uh, I, I think they would love to see Jordan Walden get back to confidence and be able to start closing games with his stuff he has. I mean, he even worked on a changeup. His changeup's been great, but, it, but if, you don't, if you're not willing to throw it and, and have confidence in it, it's, it's, it becomes a, a useless pitch for you. So there's still some issues. I know Jerry DePoto, the general manager, is still looking around. And there's talk about, you know, there's other pitchers out there that could be available at the trade deadline, if not before. So we'll see if they try to improve that area. But I think 
the more the starters go deep in the game, then you only have to get three to six outs out of your bullpen, the better that's going to be. Yeah, I think you're right. I think and then, you know that will be one area concerned. I'm sure they'll keep an eye on, you know, and that's the good thing. That's the only thing that they really have a glaring hole at is besides getting Albert Pujols going. So I think uh, it was a good timing that Minnesota came in. It, this is a team that they needed to see right now uh, to get them back on track. And I think that no hitter last night, you know, I think that's going to bring this team closer together. It always seems to, on, on, a, on, a, on a, something like that really brings a team closer together because a no hitter is a team effort. And I think uh, the Angels – Maybe you're getting back on track with this 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 homestand right now. Yeah, I mean, this the outpouring of affection that, that, that each teammate had for Jerry Weaver last night is something that could be a carry on because they're going to have a tough series. They got a four game series here with the Blue Jays, who uh, themselves crushed the baseball and, and you know Laurie at third base. I mean, that kid is a special player, and you know, but Bautista is a guy that crushes the ball, so it, it's going to be a battle. But I think finally they're on the right track. They're not waiting around for somebody to do well. They know that everyone's capable of doing it. they got a couple guys hot in the lineup. They're waiting for their big guy to get hot, but, they, but their pitching staff's doing so well that uh, they can win these close games right now. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. This is, this is going to be a good season. I think, you know, Pujols is not going to do what he's been doing. He's going he's to eventually get started. They're going to settle in on the lineup, and I think there's going to be pretty big, pretty bright days here in, uh, in, the, uh, in Anaheim for you guys. So, Gooby, I appreciate you taking the time to join us. Look forward to seeing you at, at the ballpark a little bit more. But uh, you have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. Hi, Jim. Anytime, man. It's a pleasure talking to you, my man. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you then. Okay. All right. That was Mark Gubazog. You know, one of, like I said, my, one of my former teammates when I played with the Angels in 97. Uh, had, had a great 14-year career, uh, 13 of it with KC, and, of course, the part season with Anaheim when he got hurt. So he was able to, you know, share with some of our stuffs going on here in, in LA with, of course, all the news with the Dodgers, all the news with the uh, the Angels, and coming up next on the show, we are going to have a special guest and friend of mine who uh, is hosting a U.S. military celebrity weekend this weekend in San Diego, and uh, he's going to come on and talk a little bit about. It. He's one of the managers for the. U.S. military baseball team, and uh, like I said, he'll be joining us here in just a minute to tell us about what's coming up this weekend down in San Diego, and of course, a little bit more about the military all-star baseball team that he heads. So coming up in just a minute will be Terry Alvord. We'll be back in two minutes. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Jim Lawrence is a two-time World Series champion, motivational speaker, and author of Catching Heat, a brutally honest book about the highs and lows of a professional athlete and life after baseball. Most people know Jim as a man who has always beaten the odds. Jim has never forgotten that with hard work, dedication, and God's power, one can overcome anything. Visit JimLayritz.com to get a copy of Jim's book or to schedule Jim for your next corporate fundraiser or event. The address again is JimLayritz.com. 
If you're looking for a radio show about boxing, you usually can't find one until you stop by the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to Outside the Ring with former world lightweight champion and U.S. Olympian David Diaz. We'll deliver the knockout punches with our guests as we go inside the minds of today's top fighters. We'll throw in discussion of other sports as well from time to time. Outside the Ring with David Diaz airs every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neill. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're inside the King's Corner, talking baseball with Jim Lairitz. It's time to hear from you. Call in to our live show at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also send an email to info at jimlayritz.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back, everybody. Of course, we've been talking a lot about the Angels, the Dodgers, and everything going up here in this, this part of Southern California. But now we're going to turn our attention to the San Diego area. And this weekend uh, coming up, uh, my next guest is the manager for the U.S. Military All-Star Baseball Team. And we'll get some information on that. We'll tell you a little bit about what that's all about. But they're going to be having a celebrity weekend, a uh, celebrity classic weekend down in San Diego the 4th to the 6th, and my next guest is Terry Alvord. Terry, tell us a little bit about yourself, number one, and, and what's going on this weekend. All right, Jim. Hey, thanks for having me on. Good morning, everybody, and uh, come on down to San Diego. We've got Tony Gwynn Stadium to, to fill on Sunday. I'm a uh, retired Navy pilot. In 1990, I was lucky enough to be sitting at dinner with uh, President Bush, number one, and we talked about the state of military baseball. He uh, told a few stories about how cool it was to morale back in World War II, Ted Williams and, and those type of people, Jerry Coleman, that we have here in San Diego. And uh, he was actually pretty disappointed that there, at that point in 1990 that all military baseball was pretty much non-existent. So he yeah. actually asked me to start uh, military baseball around the world and just kind of re-engage it in the modern era, and that's what we've done. So we've had 25,000 people and 50 teams all over the world. Yeah, I know that. I thought that was pretty interesting. You know, George, he was he was actually my owner when I played with the Rangers for a year, and you know, his passion for baseball it was it was unbelievable. And so, tell us a little bit how you started this. He, he comes to you. He says, "Okay, let's get something like this started." Uh, you start the you start the divisions. You start playing some games. But tell me, in, in, in two thousand eight, when you joined up with Dan Duquette, what what you guys decided to do to take this to a different level? Yeah, well, at that point, uh, we partnered with. Dan Duquette, and I had a couple other uh, partners, if you uh, know, Nakona Sporting Goods. Uh, we brought them in. So we had the chairman and the CEO, myself, and Dan Duquette. Dan Duquette was player personnel, and at that time we had five teams. So we had a st- what we were trying to do is create the first ever minor league system for military players exclusively. So we kicked off that summer. Uh, we played in the spring with uh, the, uh, the Red Sox. 
and we lost our military team lost to the Red Sox down in spring training two to nothing. And uh it was pretty good. And Theo was down there and Terry Francona and Terry Francona's son is actually a Marine, so that was a good connect for us and, and we've had a real great relationship with the the Red Sox moving forward. So we all work together to develop this uh passion for the game as far as military and finding these guys when they serve their tour for them to get an opportunity to go back in and play pro ball. So in the last two years alone, we've had 35 guys that have been offered pro contracts, and in not all cases can the military guys, are they allowed to, to leave the service and go play ball. We had one player in particular on the A's who went to uh, spring training, played A ball, and then was recalled by the Navy, had to serve three more years before he got released, and then he went back to play for the A's again, and that was Jonathan Johnson, one of our catchers. So we've had some pretty amazing stories and things that have happened with uh the help of Duquette and others that uh, support our program, including you, Jim. Yeah, well, yeah, we've we, we've we've done some good things together, and like I said, I'm looking forward to to seeing you again and being down there this week. And tell me a little bit now, you, you know, your your history with baseball, your passion for baseball. Uh, you were drafted by the Expos. Tell us yeah, a little I bit about, through, about, about, yeah, about you as a ball player. Yeah, in 1982, I was actually playing high school, uh, 80, 81, 82. I was playing with Corey Snyder. Corey Snyder ended up going to BYU and having the rookie season record when he played for the Cleveland Indians. Mark McGuire was on the 1984 Olympic baseball team, and that was really my focus uh, coming out of high school. You had to maintain amateur status back then. It's not like it is now where anybody can play. So you didn't want to sign a contract or do anything to to you know, endanger your chances of being able to play in the Olympics. And that's what I did. I, I went all through all that stuff, and uh, I did not make the final roster. I made it pretty close, but uh, that's okay. I didn't make it. But Oda B. McDowell, Mark McGuire, Corey Snyder, a lot of the guys that were on that team, Fernandez, there were some great players on that club. So that was an honor for me to do it, and it just didn't work out. Right. Uh, and then tell me a little bit about now. After that, you became a scout for the California Angels. Yeah, when I first started, my first gig was uh, my grandmother used to take us to Palm Springs all the time. And my first job was working as a hawker for the Angels at the Palm Springs Angels Stadium. And that was the first thing I did in the summers when I went down there, or actually in spring training. So that was great. And uh, we've returned to that stadium. At our ball club plays there uh, July 4th every once in a while. they got 25,000 fans that come in there and, and watch that program. So the whole time for me is just to transition out of that, and eventually I ended up coming into the military, and I thought baseball was behind me. I was out of baseball for six years prior to meeting uh, President Bush. Yeah, now tell us a little bit, Terry. Tell me a little bit, you know, I've seen some of the guys play. I, you know, we, we saw each other down in Tampa, uh, and I've, I've seen you in a couple of other different places. Tell me a little bit about the teams that you guys have, and give us a little idea of what your schedule is coming up here soon. I know you guys are going to hit the road here in the next month. Uh, tell us a little bit about how, what's going on there and what this does and what you guys are doing to go around the, the, the cities to play and, and to, ra to raise awareness for the military. Yeah, that's the whole mission of our team. We wear a, uh, the USA logo and our S is a yellow S and it's shaped in the, you know, it's like a yellow ribbon for support the troops. And uh, we wear full camouflage uniforms and we wear historical references on the back. So, for example, if you wear number seven, you're Pearl Harbor. If you're six, then you're D-Day. So all of these things... Uh, will connect with some sort of reference to help carry it back. So none of our guys have their names on the back of their shirt, so it's a little bit bigger. And we just finished uh, 
a kid's book called Heroes of the Diamond kind of tells our story, and uh, that's the same type thing. Our schedule normally will start spring training. We'll send guys both to Phoenix and to Tampa, and they'll participate with different major league clubs and work out and do things and get ready to go before they go back to work. So most of those are a couple of weeks. This year we partnered with American Arm, and we uh, did a, a contest with Mojo Sports and Audi, and Audi gave away an, a brand-new Audi A4 after the pitching system was in Phoenix for the entire month at the Seattle Mariners and the San Diego Padres facility. So that was pretty cool. So we've been really busy since spring as usual. Normally from there, we'll go down to Central America and support a lot of friendship tours with military installations or USO or the State Department. And then in May, we are playing independent pro um, leagues like the Atlantic League Series, uh, Can-Am League, those type of leagues. So we'll run around in May and do that. And then this year, we're bringing the event that we used to play in Florida, which was begun by Wade Boggs as a fundraiser for Children's Hospital. And they've got all, everything built there. So we asked MLB alumni if we could bring that game here, and they've approved. And that's the game that we'll be playing this weekend. So with a golf tournament, the game, and community uh, events that we have that you're partaking in. So all of this is a benefit now for the Wounded Warriors here. And in addition to our program, we've helped with Louisville Slugger to stand up an all-amputee softball team, which is all wounded warriors, all amputees, and they play softball. And the goal here is for these guys to get in, play softball as amputees, get comfortable, get the prosthetics that they need that they're able to do to be able to have this lateral movement to be able to play baseball. Play softball first, and then guys that have college or pro experience from before that go through the softball side, then we hope to move them up and they can join us on our team. And we've got a number of wounded warriors on our team, guys that are walking around with shrapnel in their back or have other types of injuries. Right, and right. These are the guys that, that we really want to promote as we go around to give them an opportunity for them to come back into the game. But there's other guys that, you know, if they've got, like Cooper Brandon was a right-handed pitcher that, that was signed off of our team by the Padres. He pitched for two years in the Padres organization. The problem was, because of his injuries, he had a grenade go off. He lost a portion of his hand, and he had memory issues. So as a pitcher, every time he's towed the rubber to face you, it would be like facing you the first time. So he might have already learned how to get you out, but he couldn't remember how he got you out the last time. Right. I want to, I want to talk a little bit about that after we take this quick break, but about what the weekend is all about. But do me a favor real quick, just before we take this break, tell me if I am a fan around the world and I want to, take, I want to see – part of what you're calling the red, white, and blue tour. Uh, how, do, how do I find that information out? Uh, definitely go to our website. Go to usmilitaryallstars.us. And if you Google military baseball, Navy baseball, any type of baseball that's military-related to service, et cetera, in Google, you'll find us. You'll find us on YouTube, and you'll find us on our website. So thanks for asking that, Jim. I should have put that out quick. Yeah, no, that's okay. I want, I want to make sure that people, like I said, around the country, you know, get out there and support the troops and do that. Let's take a quick break, Terry, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit about this weekend and really give the people an idea of what this weekend's all about. So we'll be back in about two minutes. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Jim Lahrens is a two-time World Series champion, motivational speaker, and author of Catching Heat, a brutally honest book about the highs and lows of a professional athlete and life after baseball. Most people know Jim as a man who has always beaten the odds. Jim has never forgotten that with hard work, dedication, and God's power, one can overcome anything. Visit JimLayritz.com to get a copy of Jim's book or to schedule Jim for your next corporate fundraiser or event. The address again is JimLayritz.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're inside the King's Corner, talking baseball with Jim Lairitz. It's time to hear from you. Call in to our live show at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also send an email to info at jimlayritz.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. And, of course, we are talking about... The U.S. military all-star baseball team, of course, their manager, Terry Alvord, who is with me and been talking a little bit about what the team is all about, why they're playing this baseball, what they're trying to raise awareness for, helping the troops and things like that. And this weekend, they have the U.S. military all-stars celebrity classic weekend, which is May 4th to May 6th in San Diego. Of course, the, the they have a golf tournament on Saturday at the Admiral Baker Clubhouse uh, with a lot of celebrities, a lot of former athletes, like Terry mentioned, MLB alumni, a lot of guys coming down to support this cause. Um, and then, of course, Sunday is the celebrity softball, followed by the military all-star baseball game. So, Terry, tell us a little bit about what this weekend is about and tell some, you know, people that, are, that don't know much about this, what the Wounded Warrior Project is all about and what we're raising the money for this weekend. All right, well... In this particular instance for us, what we're trying to do is really hone in and focus in on San Diego. Our team's based here in San Diego, and although we've, you know, tried to rotate spring training to make it fair for the guys all over the world, so, you know, we've been in Florida and Norfolk, Virginia, et cetera, but we're mainly based out of San Diego with the all-star team. So all these players are coming in from all over the world. We're going to pull in as many as we can from all of the teams and, uh, throw on these uniforms, and then we've invited all of the MLB alumni. We have some celebrities coming in, and, of course, uh, the Wounded Warriors. So they have a Wounded Warrior Battalion up at Camp Pendleton. They have a Wounded Warrior Battalion at Balboa Hospital. And then there's a Wounded Warrior Project and other various agencies that we've partnered with to try to highlight these folks and really kind of honor them and pay tribute to them during our pregame ceremony and the event. And some of them that are ready to play are actually going to come and play in the game. So... It's pretty exciting for us to be able to to do these things, and that's really what it's all about. It's really to bring awareness to the guys that are coming back, and uh, just let them know the guys are still out there. And and uh, you know, sadly enough, it's just more and more of the guys are coming back wounded. Where we, you know, the the, the numbers are pretty large. There's there's three thousand over thirty thousand people have been hurt or injured in the Iraq War. That's that's a big number. So, well, and, and tell us, Terry, tell us a little bit about. You know, for people that are coming out there, they're going to be supporting the cause. I think it's a $10 charge to be able to get into the softball game. And the, and for that night, 
tell us a little bit about what this money is going to, to and really expand a little bit to these people that don't know much about the wounded warrior. I mean, you know, I've read some things about it and talked, you know, talked to people about it. It's, you know, their, their, their slogan for the wounded warrior, of course, is the greatest casualty is the being forgotten. Tell us a little right. bit about, about what the charity is all about. Well, I think that you really have to look, well, for probably the best example is I just left uh, Dr. Gray's office here in La Mesa. Dr. Gray is a, a dentist that's uh, the presenting sponsor of our event. And we have uh, Odin Ayala, sergeant out of the Army, and he's there today in the chair, and they've started to do some work on him. So he's trying to redo uh, some of the injuries that he sustained dental-wise. So it could be as simple as dental repair, it could be job placement, you know, any of those things work. But our, what I really want to do with our team in this event is to try and provide a platform for these wounded warriors. If they want to come out of this and this is part of their rehab, they can come play in this event. Um, we're playing in Ohio later this summer, and if there's one of these wounded warriors that's here recovering in San Diego and they're from Ohio, when they came back, Jim, from the war, they went into the hospital, they've been in the hospital, they've been in recovery for 12, 14 months, 18 months. They haven't been home. So when we tour through these cities and the kids from Dayton, Ohio, and we have a game in Dayton, Ohio, I want to get that wounded warrior with us a couple days prior. So when we roll into to the city and play the game in his hometown, we can do a presentation to him with the Ground Zero flag as part of our pregame ceremony, and his hometown can welcome him home. He can get that welcome home opportunity. So it could be as simple as that. The other part would be, say we've got a guy with memory loss or he wants to work in the sports industry, but he's not a, a player. We'll bring those wounded warriors with us and they'll work with us on our staff and we'll help them as they tour the country working with all types of organizations to maybe get a job. So you name it, we're trying to help them do it. All right, Terry, once again, tell me, tell the people out there where they can go this weekend, uh, the, the events that are going to be taking place on Sunday, when to get out to the stadium, and what they should look for. Okay, so Friday night, go, first of all, go to the website, usmilitaryallstars.us, and there'll be a pop-up right there with the full schedule. On Friday, we'll be going to a school. Friday afternoon, we're doing a free baseball clinic with MLB alumni and Jim at uh, Tierra Santa um, Housing. It's a military housing area. There's 4,200 homes there. We're going to have about 500 military kids at uh, Murphy Canyon Military uh, Little League. So we're going to do them there in District 33. On Saturday, we have a golf tournament in the morning. And then Sunday, uh, SDSU is playing UNLV from 1 o'clock to you know, 4.30 or whatever. And then when that's over, we'll have some batting practice. And then we have a celebrity softball game for about an hour, and then when that's over, then we'll play the baseball game. So you really got a, a, a number of different types of events that are that are going to happen at the event on Sunday. It should be a lot of fun for everybody. Admission, you can get tickets at the gate. It's only ten dollars, and all your money goes to a great cause. And we'll be you know having silent auctions and live auctions during the game, so you can uh, really get a chance to get some great memorabilia. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it. It'll be a great time. Well, listen. I'm really looking forward to getting down there, of course, and being part of it. It's been a it's been a been a while since I've been down in San Diego, and of course, this is a cause that, you know, when when you hear things that happen down there, of course, we you know we all say prayers for for Junior Seau and the family. And any time a life like that is lost, it makes you realize what what this is all about. And it's it's about men that are giving up 
their lives to protect our country. And, and coming home from these, these places, Afghanistan and Iraq, with injuries that we want to be able to make them get, come back and be part of you know, normal society and be able to feel like they're normal again. And uh, Terry, I, I can't wait to get down there, like I said, and to really help this cause. And uh, I look forward, look forward to everything that's going on this weekend. Yeah, I, I think, and it's all connected right now, especially with Junior passing. Junior is a great friend of our program. When we're doing spring training here on Fridays, we do a 25-mile bike ride for conditioning, and our route takes us right by Junior's house. And we have stopped at his house on many occasions, and him talking to our guys and just spending some time, you know, real quality time with him. You know, Junior, for those that, have, that are know him or familiar with him, he's a big deal here in San Diego. He's great in the community. He's a big supporter of us. And he was invited to our event. We've got a jersey made for him that was all ready to roll, and uh, we were expecting him to be with us this weekend. And uh, and, and now, you know, some things happen. So we're going to try and do something to where we can uh, recognize Junior and his commitment to uh, our community during our event. So we're looking forward to that. But we're with everybody else. Our prayers are with his family, and, and uh, we're, we're all sorry for the loss of Junior Sale. He's a big loss to the city of San Diego. All right, Terry. Well, listen, I appreciate you joining us. I appreciate you sharing everything. And like I said, I will be heading down there tomorrow, and I look forward to seeing you and uh, having a great weekend. So thanks again for having for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. All right, guys. That was Terry Alvord, of course, U.S. Military Baseball All-Stars. You know, listen, if you are doing anything in San Diego, even if you are, find time. There's a lot of things going on there. Uh, if not, go on to the website, look there, donate some money, do what you have to do. I mean, these are guys who are giving up their lives, giving up, you know, uh, in, having injuries and coming home from the war with, with injuries that they need help with. And, and this is what this cause is all about with the Wounded Warriors Project. And, you know, I just can't stress it enough for people to get out there this weekend, get down there. It's going to be a nice weekend down there, uh, and come out and support the troops. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, like I said, it's going to be a great weekend, so... Um, I will, uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Jim Lawrence is a two-time World Series champion, motivational speaker, and author of Catching Heat, a brutally honest book about the highs and lows of a professional athlete and life after baseball. Most people know Jim as a man who has always beaten the odds. Jim has never forgotten that with hard work, dedication, and God's power, one can overcome anything. Visit JimLayritz.com to get a copy of Jim's book or to schedule Jim for your next corporate fundraiser or event. The address again is JimLayritz.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're inside the King's Corner, talking baseball with Jim Lairitz. It's time to hear from you. Call in to our live show at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also send an email to info at jimlayritz.com. Now, 
back to the show. All right, everyone. Well, let's just close it out real quick by saying thank you to Mark Gubazal, the voice of the Angels, talking about the no-hitter last night in the Angels. Also, Terry Alvord, of course, the U.S. Military All-Stars manager, who is hosting this weekend's Celebrity Classic Weekend down in San Diego. Get out there, support the troops, support the people. They need the help. It's, it's our duty as Americans to help these people and, and make them come home from the war and feel as close to normal as possible after the experience that they've been through, through injuries, through other different types of things. So get out there this weekend. Once again, it is Tony Gwynn Stadium in San Diego, and it will be at batting practice starts at 430. The game is at 6. Uh, come out there and support the troops. Once again, a great show. A uh, Lots of things happening. Next week, we'll be coming live from New York again. Uh, I'll be in New York next week, and we will come live next weekend or next Thursday at this same time, same place. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out. We're safe for another week. Thanks for tuning in to the King's Corner, talking baseball with your host, Jim Layritz. We can't wait to have you come back next Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a great weekend. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com.